Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to the podcast, wherever you're listening from. Join in, think differently, consider there's other ways to be. We're going deep. We're going where most people don't want to go. We're going to have some really cool conversations. If you want to get in touch, alexlouise.com. All the contact info and links are there. Jump on my Telegram group. Send us a message. Get in touch. If you want to be on the podcast, let us know. If you have something interesting to talk about, give us a shout. Enjoy the episode. We're all good. Chris Gibbons, welcome to the Financial Freedom with Alex Louise podcast. It's great to have you on. Um, it's good to be here. Yeah, it's we've known each other for a long time. There's a theme running in my podcast, which is there's quite a few people that yeah. I've known for several decades. That it's a really interesting time to speak to see where you started, what happened, where you are now, and where you're heading to. So, before we get into the kind of conversations and talking about your business and what you're doing now and where you're going, do you want to just mm. give us a little bit of background of who you are, a whistle top store, a whistle stop talk to today and then we can get into some some interesting chat blimey uh so well i think the first time we met was probably at bni so yeah. that was my i that was one of my i suppose that was my first venture into businesses i was a business coach far too young far too unqualified far too sort of naive to uh, realized that I didn't know what I was doing, but gave it yeah. a good go and probably did. Oh, I'm hearing myself. Right. Right? We're getting feedback then from the Facebook feed. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. <laughs> um, and yeah, so we met then, um, grew up in South Wales, moved to the, moved to South Wales when I was about eight years old from uh, London. Um, we, my parents had, we were, um, we, we lived in Australia. So originally we lived in Australia and then they got kicked out of the country. So I grew I up with parents who sort of, well, I, I think that's the, maybe where the, the, the sort of the thought that I could be a business coach, maybe, maybe that comes from my, it's my kind of parents' fault. I think they kind of thought that they could break the rules, um, go to Australia without a visa. They got kicked out, um, contested it literally did get kicked out, got sent back to the UK uh, with me and then applied for a visa, got one, went back, stayed for a few months and decided, ah, we don't want to stay here and went back, came back to the UK again. <laughs> so it's like, I think that sort of, that that was, you know, the my parents were kind of, you know, quite encouraging to go and do, try try things out, you know, and I think that's where, yeah. where it all started with um, sort of the, the permission really to not go to school so I left school when I was 15, 15 no, 16. Then I went back. Then I left. Then I went back. So I was, you know, kind of floating around for a few years, mm. not really committed to to schooling. I didn't really enjoy that all of that. So I just, I was quite lucky to have parents who just gave me sort of permission to go and give things a go. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, I've been giving things a go ever since. So that's probably when we met. We met when I was about, I think I was 21, 22 when I first started going to BNI as a business coach. Yeah, we were, sounds about right. I was maybe 26, I think, when yeah. I started BNI. So that's about right. Um, it's interesting that you yeah. say, and oh, I was so underqualified and all this, because actually I still remember some of the stuff you taught me then when you were my business coach. 
now. So it's funny how we perceive things as well, because you look back now and think, oh, God, I didn't know anything. But actually, even then, you look back now and you say I didn't know anything, but you still had, you know, brilliant uh, information and questions. And I don't think that bit's changed in the sense of how you look at things. I think you've got, you know, wiser and no more. Um, but I'm not sure I'd go so far as to say, you know, wouldn't write yourself off when you were younger. No, I don't think I'm writing myself off, but I think it's it's important to um, be aware of where you are. I look back at some of the um, some of the things I thought I could do mm. and gave a go to, and while I don't think that um, while I don't think that I, I would change it and, and sort of give anyone the advice not to give those things a go. I don't think I was aware that I wasn't I wasn't as good as I thought I was, if that makes sense. I thought I was better than I thought I was. And mm. that's I probably that's because there's probably there's some good things around that. It gave me it gave me some energy to go and try some things. Yeah. Um but also it 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 kind of um uh, what's the word? I guess it was it, it was a you know I think um, it's 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 I think that's I think we've talked about this before actually it's about I think because if you're in an environment where where you're a business coach or you're putting yourself under a lot of pressure to do something where maybe other people haven't trodden before so 21 year old business coach going mm. into a room of people to try to to, to tell them you know, to help them grow their business was, yeah. is an odd thing. It's a strange, it's a strange thing for them to see. It's a strange thing for me to do. And to get your, yeah. to get to the place where you're comfortable to do that, you have to do this sort of fake it till you make it type process. You have to kind yeah. of put a cloak on and go into the room with, with, with a guard up to, to kind of, to present yourself in a way that, 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 that gives you permission to go and help people. You can't mm. walk in there being a twenty, a typical twenty-one-year-old because you wouldn't get listened to. If that makes sense. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. so although I did, although I was passionate about it, I really wanted to do it. I felt like there was a lot of, a lot of faking it till I made it going on, and that was mm. hard work. So, mm. yeah, I think I think that's what why I'm uh, why I look back on those times and I'm. I'm not jumping. I'm not. I'm not patting myself on the back, singing my praises, saying how amazing it was because it was really hard, and I felt. I felt it was really hard every day. Mm, um, mm. Yeah, yeah. And so, quite... what? Just, just fill in the gap between. So you left school at sixteen. What did you do between sixteen and twenty-one? Just so people get oh a sense God. of. Yeah. That. So I left school, um, and decided to go travelling with a friend. Uh, he didn't want to go. I didn't have any money. So instead, I got a door-to-door sales job selling yep. gas and electricity. So that in the paper, In uh, I went for a job interview in Cardiff, where I, <laughs> I turned up at this guy's house. It was a self-employed guy looking for more self-employed agents. He was on some kind of commission deal and yeah. He was looking for young kids to basically go knock on the door and give them £20 for every deal. So yeah. I turned up to what I thought was a job interview. This guy opens the door in his dressing gown, fagging his mouth, coffee. And he's like, well, uh, and I said, uh, me and my friend were there together. And we said, we're here for the interview. We had suits on and shined our <laughs> shoes. <laughs> and I was like, this guy, 
Um, you know, there was like a sofa in this guy's garden. It was like, was not what I was expecting. Yeah. Went in. Um, he says, do you want a cup of tea? And he gives us a cup with moldy, you know, mold stains on the side. It was really, really gross. So I took the job um, and did some sales training with him. Um, yeah. And he was, he, he came out with us two or three times and taught us how to knock doors and taught us how to um, engage with a customer. I was absolutely awful at it. Um, I was quite shy and timid and was really lacking in, really lacking in confidence. And, uh, and that's why I thought it'd be a good thing to go and do and gave it a go for a few months, sold a few deals to some friends and some family members, didn't sell anything to anyone else. Um, so I did a few jobs like that for a while. I don't know what it was that kept me going. Probably I didn't, uh, I didn't really have a plan. I knew I wanted to do something in business and, and, you know, I think I was never particularly good at school. I was always given sort of, um, the, I would, you know, the careers lesson. You know, when you get to what's a, a careers uh, advisor, and they would always Advisors. give me, a, yeah, they would always say, you're going to go and be a nurse or you're going to go and be a, something to do with looking after kids or something. Something just sounded shit. You know, to me, not, not that those jobs are not that those jobs are shit, but it just I had yeah, no interest. You, in it, it wasn't a match. Yeah, like, yeah, 100%. it's not what I want to do. Mm. Um, and I wasn't very academic, and you know, the idea when I did mention about business and going into sales and you know things like, I didn't really know what it was at the time. But when I ever I talked about those things, I wasn't really encouraged. I was almost smirked at, I suppose, like. How are you going to do that? You can't write. You, you, you can't pass an exam. You're in the bottom class for everything. Mm. Um, so, so yeah. So I don't know what kept me going through that time. I can't really remember the details because it was an awful experience of like the knocking on the doors. Mm. But I somehow came out the end of it. And then there was a, a, a job that happened to, I noticed, in Newport, in a call center. Sounded much more appealing than knocking on doors. Um, managing, um, first of all, on the phones, but then managing a team of five, I think it was 10 telemarketers selling mobile phone contracts. Um, so I was 19 and yeah, I, I got, I went into that job, really enjoyed that one because it was selling. I, I was quite good at it because I'd spent so long knocking on doors, which I was mm. terrible at. And, and that's really hard. And this compared to, knocking on doors was easy because I'm sat on the phone and I'm just chatting yeah. to people and it was mobile phones I was quite interested in 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 tech and things like that back then that was a mobile phone was still quite a novel thing mm. um you know I think we were starting to sell them when bluetooth was just like becoming a big thing so the big selling points was like this phone's got bluetooth let me explain what bluetooth is uh, it's just amazing, isn't it? And then fast forward 15 years and look where we are. I mean, it's just, mm -hmm. we're the last generation that grew up without them and have adopted them well. And it's fascinating to be having this kind of conversation at our age, you know, you're late 30s, I'm early 40s, and we're having a conversation about something that I didn't think would happen in our lifetime. You know, our parents talk about records and the stuff like before <laughs> that, and landlines and electricity yeah. and I didn't think there'd be anything so big like that. You know, my grandma grew up without electricity. In the beginning. Well, it's not, we're, we're not over yet. So yeah, but we, 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 you say that we're the last generation. So that's true. But when, you know, when VR rigs become 
like everyday accessories, when we get contact lenses that, that you can't see that project whatever images we want in front of us. So you know, we're going to, our kids will be saying, we were the last generation to look through our real eyes. Can you imagine looking through those old, you know, a real eye? Like that's, that's the sort of conversation people are going to be having. Um, mm. Mm-hmm. You know, there's um, Yanina got um, my wife got um, Len got laser eye surgery uh, that last week, and the which has been you know around for ages. But they they, they the way they did it this time was they cut open her eye and they implanted a lens and then they seal wow. it back over, and yeah. the whole procedure takes about a minute. Like let like the actual thing takes a th- about. 30 seconds per eye, they, they whip it over. She's never been able to see. Her, her glasses are like comedy glasses. <laughs> you know, they're thick. They're really yeah. heavy and thick if she has to wear them. She's been wearing lenses ever since I've known her. And it's like three yeah. minutes and she walks out and she's like, I can see. Um, wow. And like, we haven't started yet. You know, this is like, it's mm. exciting. Yeah, mm. there's a long way to go. Yeah. Mm. So fast forward so, from, well, what, you're doing... All kinds yeah, of sales. On. Then you start mm-hmm. rocking up at networking events, coaching people on business. Mm-hmm. So were you at that point working with no, Action? No. Coaching so I left or... the, I left, I, I got headhunted, which, I mean, I say I got headhunted. That's what the guy told me. So stroke it. I, I mean, I was, I was quite, um, I quite enjoyed having my ego stroked. I think this, this, this recruiter came knocking on the door, standing in the car park rather of the uh, mobile phone company and basically just grabbed everyone as they were coming out who's the who are the best salespeople here um who wants to come for an interview for a new job and me and three guys um uh got went for an interview and got the job for become part of a flying squad they called it um mm-hmm. selling gas and electricity again but we would basically be shipped around the country to go to areas that were underperforming and we would go in and sort of boost sales for a period. Yeah. And that was incredible. So that was, I suppose I was nine, I did it for about 18 months. I was 19 to no, maybe younger. I was, must've been 18, 19. Yeah. It must've been 18, 18, 19. And we got paid so much money. <laughs> um, we got, we got our hotels paid for, for at the time. I think, I think my first year I made about 48 grand and I was 80 yeah. and that was yeah. a lot of money for, for yeah. anyone. I'd say um, it still is today, right? Actually, if the 19 year old got paid that, it would, you know. Yeah, it was, it was too much money for, it was too much money for me to handle without money education. I blew it up. <laughs> um, <laughs> But we were living away. We were living in hotels. They were paid for the hotels. So, I mean, a lot of that, that money that I talk about was like paid it to us in expenses. Plus, we would get commission. And it was too much. They closed the team down in about 18 months because they, the deal they were paying us was just wasn't working out for them. Yeah. Um, and it was good, fun. Um, and it was, it was, you know, it was what you would expect 18, 19-year-olds to do if they were given a lot of money traveling around the country, living in hotels and no boss. 
and the job is to go and do 10, 10 sales a week in an area where you you know you can knock that out in a day if you're good and the rest of the week you'd sit in the pub and do whatever you want yeah. it was that kind of thing yeah. um and as fun as it was um yeah a, a few things happened there and i decided it was time to go um the um there was yeah a few things happened as you would expect when you put a bunch of kids together really for for that period of time there was about eight, nine of us in the end living together working together um constantly and um eventually it took its toll and i thought i'll go get a job so i found, looked, looked in the paper one weekend i came back home to wales uh, sat, sat looking in the paper i saw this advert that said coaching company looking for office manager um growing the coaching business. I thought, sounds interesting. I'll give it a go. Um, mm. I can be an office manager. Don't know where the idea of that came from. Went for the interview. And um, they said, have you got any experience being an office manager? And I said, well, my mum and dad have got a company. I've been in their office. Um, and uh, <laughs> what's your experience with, 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 with IT, with, uh, can you do bookkeeping and accounting? And I said, well, I know my mum uses Sage to do her accounts and I've seen that. So yeah, I probably could do that. And <laughs> this guy was like, whatever I'm asking, whatever I ask, you, you, you're, you're telling me yes. So, you, so all right, I'll give you a go. So I was 19, yeah. Tom Malone, um, great mentor, um, very interesting character. Anyway, I got the job, turned up to the job and was a bit confused because I thought a coaching company was like a transport business. I thought it was like traveling, taking people. <laughs> no one actually explained to me while I was there. And then, and then I sort of figured out that it was this franchise that had just come over to the UK from mm. Australia, Action Coach or Action International, it was back then. Um, and yeah, so I was part of the, the team who were selling the franchise licenses setting up mm. the first business coaching offices, um, worked in the franchise office for a year and a half. And then um, I'd say I bought a license. I think I was probably uh, cajoled into into start getting a license. And um, I mean, it's that kind of environment. You're around super positive people, like I talked about before, yeah. who yeah. are probably probably their optimism outweighs their 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 ability. Their ability yeah. yeah and i'm like and they're like yeah you could be a business coach chris they, they they're giving me incredible amounts of encouragement incredible amounts of coaching it's brilliant you've got all these these guys from australia who've been doing it for sort of eight or nine years flying in to teach the uk how to do it you got mm. really good it was, i was surrounded by some really good people mm. um and i'm still in touch with most of them today um and yeah they sort of set me on a path to to just to kind of hone my skills and like actually put some effort into realize to picking where I want to go and mm. working on some, working on how to get there, working on getting better, putting some effort into those sorts of things. So mm. started there really. Um, wow. And I think and, uh, it's really important for people to hear that because people looking at you today might go, Oh wow. Look at you, you know, your, your lifestyle now, just for people who don't know you, you live in Germany, which is where Yanina's originally from. You come back over to Wales. You live in what Charlie, my little one calls the castle, which is, you know, a grand designs folly, but we call it Chris from the castle. You know, it's a beautiful house, 
from the to the outside world, you have this jet set, you know, lifestyle, which we know and we can talk about, you know, actually when you've got three kids and they're in Germany and you're over here and traveling back and forth, it may look glamorous, but actually it's hard. But what, you know, you've been in the quote unquote trenches to get there. This is not like something that just happens. You've done, you've done the hard stuff. And I think lots of people try and avoid that. They try and avoid the selling. They try and avoid the just giving stuff a go. They try and avoid looking bad. They try and avoid feeling stupid. And you've, con what I'm hearing is you're constantly, you've gone there and you're like, well, I'll give it a go. And you just, you <laughs> give it a go. I think, I think that, I think that's, that, that's um, not ever going to change. Like, so, you know, it's, it's talking about, talking about myself is strange. I've avoided it. I avoid it quite frequently <laughs> or yeah. as frequently as I can. I don't, I, a few years ago, I was kind of jumping into social media and putting some videos out there and I'm not, I'm not against that. I think it's a good thing to do, but I've pulled right away from that over the last couple of years and, being a mm. bit more private and being a bit more sort of true to who I like to be. If uh, I don't, I don't seek out, I was never seeking out opportunities to be, to be in front of the camera. And I, I was giving it a go because that's mm. in my nature to give stuff a go. But I've kind yeah. of, oh, I think what, what, what I'm trying to say is even now, like you said, you, you said about people might see, see it, People, how, how people might perceive my life. Even now I'm pushing myself in all sorts of areas yeah. that are making me uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do question I why. Know. I do question why, what's the point? You know, it's like, <laughs> sometimes it's like, you know, do, do we need, do I need to keep putting myself under this pressure? But then I think mm -hmm. at the end of the, whenever I, whenever I circle back around and have, have a moment of questioning, it, it always comes back to, I, I don't know what else I would do. I think I would just, what else am I going to do? There was, there was a period when about, about before I started Incubate, our current big, our current business, our main business, um, in about 2007, 16, 17, I was really bored. I was like, mm. I was working like two days a week. I had enough money. I had time. The mm. kids were doing fine. It was like, it was so boring. It was, and I was like, <laughs> you work to get somewhere you go. I want financial freedom. I don't want to go to work in the morning. I don't want to work before 10 o'clock. I want to finish there. I want to work this many hours a week. And I was like, that's really boring. So I think what. How long did it take? How long did it take to get boring? How long when you were doing that? How long did it take to get boring? I think this is such an important point for people because it's the cliche yeah, of it's the journey, not weeks. the destination. Like, <laughs> yeah, almost like weeks. Like, yeah. You know, almost almost instantly. I think as soon as I realised that picture of what I thought, where, where what I thought was important, as soon as I realised I was there, I realised I didn't want to be there. Um, yeah, that's why like incubate is our is our like is our vehicle for buying businesses. Um, at the moment, we're focusing on uh, we have four startups, and um, we sold one last. Uh, just, just October. Chris, just I'm gone. really sorry. I, my dogs are going nuts. <laughs> Real life, everyone. My dogs going nuts downstairs. <laughs> and not stopping, and there's no one in the house. Bear with me one second. Just out. All right. Dun, 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 dun. Should I do some like um, what's it called? Interlude music. 
The glamour of owning dogs. Sorry about that. Dogs? You've only got one, haven't you? Uh, we've got both of them at the moment because the family has oh. COVID. So uh, we've got oh, one yeah. back. So we had two. Yeah, we've got two, but one stays yeah. with um, with Owen's dad and Lolly. So they now have Poppy. And then she comes back to stay with us. And then Lizzie mm. goes there. And we have like a doggy daycare arrangement. <laughs> so we've got two at the moment, which means they bark more. The they play in their own fun. I couldn't hear them, so maybe no one else. Yeah, could. that's all right. I could. They were getting louder. I think they thought someone was there, so they were setting each other off. When there's only one dog, they don't bark. When they gather, they like children. Yes, like children, like the mm. uh, people at Action Coach. All you know, they go, "Come on, come on, come on, Grace, do oh, business." Yeah. They all get excited <laughs> and wind each other up. <laughs> same, same. So yeah. sorry, were you talking? I don't know what I was saying. We're, we're, what we were we? saying about um, <clears throat> business, how it is now, about the proverbial, you know, you get what you think you want and then you're bored within a week. And I think just for people listening, mm. it's really important to get that. If you haven't got a dream mm. beyond the dream, game over. Because you will, you know, you mm. get what you think you want. But if there's no plan for next, we literally we get bored. I was the same. I remember a, my, um, my mm. coach laughing at me when I was in my garden flat and I was financially free and I didn't have to do anything and I used to walk Daisy and I literally had nothing to do. Um, same, same. I was bored. But there was, a, there was a couple of months where I wasn't bored and my coach literally laughed out loud to me. I was like, I could live like this forever. And she laughed out loud. <laughs> she was just like, okay, <laughs> let's see how long that lasts. Yeah, I probably had a few weeks or a few days or a few months. You know, there's moments. I'm not saying it was miserable. Yeah, it was. No, no, it's not, right? But it's like we thrive on challenge. And it's such a paradox because we actually feel good with the hard. And when it's really easy, Mm. it's like there's no fulfillment. Yeah, Tony Robbins says happiness comes through progress or something something along those lines. And it's just so true. It's like last night... You can probably see I've got bags under my eyes. I've got, I'm a problem solver. I relish solving a problem. Like if you yeah. give me a problem, there's nothing more than I love than sitting down and coming up with the answer. And last night we've got one of our businesses has got, doesn't really matter what it is. It's a quite a boring technical thing that we're trying to figure out. And I thought I'll give it a go last night. And, you know, I look up and it's two o'clock in the morning and I'm like, <laughs> That was my. That was a brilliant night. <laughs> I had a great time. And I think unless you're, I, I know people who would be really pissed off with the idea that they were working on something like that for that long. But I think, well, what else is there? The alternative is what? Watching TV. Like, what are you going to do in those hours where, you know, either people are asleep, watching TV. I, I don't know what other people do. In yeah. those, you know, in those in in those hours. But I can't, I, I just think that there's always something. There's, you know, my next, the next thing I do will be my next most exciting thing. So I don't know what it is yet. You know, we're, we're currently working on this. Um, yeah, that's been, I think, yeah, that's, that's, that's been a, a surprise to me. I thought, mm. I thought I'd want to retire and do nothing. But it turns out that's, that's not an interesting thing to do. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of the things that I deal with in my book and on my Money Mastermind course is we deal with the money and we also get people to figure out what they want to do. 
for that very mm. reason. Otherwise, they have the car crash that was me, which is I got financially free and then had a big identity crisis. So now mm. instead of having like 10 years getting financially free and 10 years figuring out, you know, who I am and what I want to be and all of that world, it's like condense it down into five years. For I think one of my groups is, you know, there at five years. It's like 20 year journey, boom, into five years. And the reason it works is because they're figuring out what they want to do. And they're building mm. their training. And you're better at it. And you're better and, at yes, it. Yes, sure. Sure. Next time you do it, the next group that you do, you'll yeah. figure out some other hacks and it'll go to two and a half years. And that's, that's, yeah. that's you know, that's, yeah, yeah. That's, what, yeah. that's what we do as humans is we, we, we take complex things, figure out what the, the, the actual the, the inputs and outputs are and work out which ones are effective and which ones not and just shrink it down until it's the, the most efficient it can yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. just go back to. You're 20, you're doing, you're 21, 22, you're starting with Action Coach, you've done all that, mm -hmm. you then sign up as yeah. a business coach, we mm -hmm. then meet, I've had, I, mm -hmm. like I said earlier on, you know, brilliant stuff, and Amy, and there was quite a few of us actually back then that you were coaching and doing groups and stuff, um, half the stuff yeah. you said to me I wasn't ready to hear, the bit that's always stayed with me is, Alex, you do too many things, just pick one damn business. And I was like, oh, that'll be boring. I can't do that. And, you know, 20 years on, I'm like, yeah, Chris is right. I need to just focus on one thing. And I kind of knew you were Chris, right. Chris then. is right. And he now has seven businesses. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sure, but you have the infrastructure, right? It's like you're not doing yeah. it all. Whereas what you that's were right. saying to me back then when I had a catering company mm. and I was doing weddings and ready meals and dinner parties and this and that, I was doing it all myself. And then I'd kind of employ employees because I had to, and then I'd hate that. And it was just a, you know, it's just messy. Um, yeah. And it's taken years to like work through all the stuff to become a better leader and a better manager and, a, you know, just be being with people, actually being able to ask for help. So you were doing all of that. What happened then? We had a financial crash in 2008. Yes. And I had a financial crash in 2008 also. Um, okay. So coincided with We all with had that. our own version of it, right? I, I, I yeah. needed to, yeah, bail out of a property deal at that point as well. <laughs> there was anyone that yeah. was very unaffected. Yeah. Um, I mean, mine was literally, I had no assets, no cash in the bank, really. It was, I was um, living on the edge of my means, Um probably a little bit beyond it. And as the financial crash happened, a lot of clients that I was working with had to tighten up and I lost a lot of business, you know, within like yeah. three months, I, I lost about 80% of my income. Wow. Um, and that was probably actually 2010 actually that happened. So it was like, there was a delay because 2008 yeah. was the crash and then. Yeah. And then it started know, it was, to it hurt. Actually really hurt later on. So that was about 2010, yeah. 2009, yeah. 2010. Yeah. Um, at the same time or, you know, as, as it was happening. Um, yeah. Well, actually, no, so, so, so I was a business coach. Uh, up until about 2000 and 2008. Then I had uh, a couple of other companies. So one of them was a, a marketing business, telemarketing, direct sales, online event sales, that sort of thing. Um, and we ended up running a big event or the sales for a big event. Um, 
And through that process, I met a guy called James Welsh. I'm going to call his name out now. I don't know where he is now. Um, but we ended up doing a, running a business together called Roof Care UK, which was basically we would market nationally for roof repairs, roof renovations, flat roofing, um, have the, the, the inquiries come to us. Yeah. We would um, go to Google Maps, check the property out, do the, uh, what do you call it, the um, sort of a, a, a loose survey based on the, what yeah. we could see on Google Maps. Not many people were doing it back then. Yeah. Um, provide a quote that we were quite comfortable with mm -hmm. and that was being uh, served or the, 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 the work was being done by one of our local partners. So we, we yeah. built these 10 partnerships around the country with, with different roofers mm -hmm. and roof insulation. And that was going quite well. I mean, we did, I think our first nine months, I remember us looking at the uh, inquiry book. Sorry, our first three months. And I remember looking at our, our inquiry book and the quotes we sent out. We sent out about half a million pounds worth of quotes in like three months. So it was like, wow. we were, it was exciting. I thought there was a, there was an opportunity there. Mm. Um, and anyway, a couple of things happened. One day, James is gone no money in the bank and this guy's just vanished um wow he's he appears i get i start getting phone calls so we close the business down because i need him he's the guy with the roofing experience and yeah. the, the knowledge in in the industry and the marketing side of it he's the guy with the roofing. Sure. i have no idea about that and um so yeah a few i start getting calls from customers that had booked jobs with him they paid a deposit and he hadn't done the work. And I'm like, this is it's now not, not anything to do with me because this is, we, you know, I realize he's gone. A few weeks have passed, a few months have passed. Yeah. And then uh, eventually, I, someone <coughs> sent me a message. He's on the, you know, the watchdog, you know, the ferret, the Welsh watchdog? Yeah. yeah. Have you seen that? <laughs> yeah. The, the TV show? Yeah, right. Yeah, so yeah. Where they're like, gets, this. This yeah. tradesman did this to me, and yeah, blah, yeah. Blah, blah. yeah, yeah. Well, they're following him around with with my like Roof Care UK signs on his van. So, luckily, I, you know, we, we were really good. We had no sort of physical connections, no legal connections to him back then. But I was still getting some phone calls. I tried to help a few people out, but this guy's literally no. Back then, it was more it was more difficult to track people down than perhaps it would be now. Yeah, yeah, mm. sure. And I didn't know what to do. I was. You know, I literally all the money that we put into it had gone. I had no, I, I, I felt awful because oh. there was this guy out there, not that it was anything to do with me anymore, but there was this guy out there marketing what was I was part of and yeah. basically ripping them off. Um, wow. So I don't really know what ever happened to him, but I think I think the watchdog, the ferret people, sorry, found him and just remember it, I, I, I think they... He got, I remember there was a letter from him or something saying he's going to pay all the customers back and I don't know what ever happened to it. But that kind of knocked me for six. So coaching clients gone, roofing business failing, and then um, my wife, not at the time, came home and told me we're having our first baby. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so in 2011, uh, we moved to Germany, um, mm -hmm. and the plan was, Yanina wanted to spend more time with her 
family when he's had the baby in Germany. And it kind of was good for me, actors as like a, a break, you know, from um, from from what had just happened. Yeah. Coaching clients, it was like almost like, right, I need to reset, rethink. And I spent about a year, I got a couple of coaching clients, you know, I had enough money to 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 um uh to to run a few coaching clients. We lived in a basement flat in Yanina's mum's basement. So it was bedroom, kitchen, living room, uh, all in one. You know, it was about 25 square meters. Mm. Had our first child there, ended up staying there for two and a half years, um, Mm. just figuring things out. Um, And through that process, I thought, I I kind of, I went back, I decided that I needed to rethink about what I enjoyed doing, Mm. enjoyed the coaching, re-examine what I was good at within the coaching, not just randomly going out and going to B&I and picking some clients, but really focusing in on figuring out who I wanted to help Mm. um, and what I was particularly good at and where I'd actually got sort of gathered the most knowledge. I did, did a bit of, um, I went back to work with Action Coach as the director of coaching in the UK for a couple of years, built a coaching practice of my own again, and then ended up back in you know, a few years later, like I said, bored because, well, I think I've, I've, I've got to that point already. Yeah, it's like there's no challenge again, right? This is, yeah. 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 And then. Yeah, so, so now we, we are where we are. So tell us about Incubate, your current company, what you do, how you help people using all of that, you know, learning okay. and knowledge and everything prior. So so I, to, to solve the problem, I like a problem, like you said. So to solve my problem of... Uh, needing a problem. <laughs> needing a problem. <laughs> like to not be bored, like to have something to do. I thought if I, what would the, if I, what, if I had to create, if I could create something that would continually feed me with new work to do that I like yeah. doing, um, what would it look like? So I, I, looked, I sat down and worked out the bits of starting a business, building a business, problem solving, all the bits that I like doing, sort of designed my perfect job yeah. and worked out what other pieces around me I would need to do that job properly. So um, the one of the challenge would be, challenges with being a, a, a consultant or a coach or a freelancer is that at the end of the day, when the client stops paying you, you don't have any asset yeah. you know, as such. You've got to have yeah. not building any long-term income. So I decided that I needed something where we were building assets. So we weren't just doing the work once. We were doing the work and, and building, getting paid to do the work and building an asset for ourselves. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, basically designed Incubate and around us, around me and a team of experts going into businesses with very specific skills around strategy, marketing, uh, finance, and supporting a business to grow, mm. using the business to, to, um, to, to fund our business and taking and, and investing in the business at the same time so that we're building an asset for ourselves. So we incubate basically now works for around three years with every company with a mission to 10 X the value of the business in three years. So yeah. we're now in year four, we sold our first one in October and we've got four live companies at the moment. They'll be finishing with us in the next 18 months, two years, depending on when they come on. 
-hmm. And that's our plan is to keep just recycling that, uh, that model. We are we're a team of now five um, and uh, we're not looking to necessarily scale incubate up. Um, we like being, you know, we still, we still keep things flexible. We've all got kids, you know, we're all, we've all got similar backgrounds and um, we've all got kids. We've all, we all like spending time traveling. We all like spending time working flexibly. We, we do, you know, I'm in my office here in Germany at the moment, but we don't really have a fixed abode. Um, and that's how we like to keep things. Yeah. Mm. And what kind of businesses have you got that you're working with at the moment? So we have a an online business that helps people with uh, sensory processing difficulties. We found that one on from Dragon's Den. Didn't get investment on Dragon's Den. And, uh, my sister actually found it. Um, and we have a we just sold our interest in a baby photography business. Um, so that was um, a couple of locations about quarter of a million pound, very small business when we got involved, um, 10 locations when we exited, um, mm -hmm. and about 10 times growth in revenue. Um, yeah. We actually franchise business, so we actually kept one of the franchises ourselves, um, mm -hmm. even though we kept the franchise. That was quite good. Um, mm. The We have an internet company, an ISP, a uh, local mm -hmm. ISP, competing with big, with this sort of, the bigger big providers in in smaller um, rural locations. Mm -hmm. um, we have a, a health clinic, um, and we have some property and things like that. Just just a couple, mm. of, couple of property things. But yeah, I think we're um, we're not looking for anything at the moment. I think that balancing, like you know, I keep giving myself new problems. I could spend a long time going and finding more problems. And I think I'm learning balance right now. <laughs> Is, uh... It's such an interesting one, isn't it? That one. I, I literally before this, I came off a call with my coach and I said, mm. you know, I think my biggest achievement this year is the fact that for the next two weeks, I don't have a business coaching session because it's the Easter holidays and we've got kids mm. and I'm not mm. working. And actually, mm. that's a bigger achievement for me than anything else, than selling more courses, than signing up more clients, than any of that stuff. Because actually last year, I used up 40 sessions, which is supposed to be a year's worth in 30 weeks. And I just didn't stop. It was like... Oh, you so, mean the other so way. Right? You haven't got any coaching sessions with her? Or you so mean with you're not my delivering coach. any? Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. you know, I'm off for Easter where I can be. Where anything that's not, you know, not necessary, that's not clients. Mm. And, and actually, even with clients, there's, you know, Easter Monday is off. Whereas normally I'd just be mm. like... Hey guys, I don't care. It's a bank holiday. Let's do this. Yeah, that was like almost my mantra. And I'm, st like I'm still doing that. Yeah, I'm still doing that. But I, I don't. But at the same time, I don't make it a problem. I think the. Yeah. We talked about this before, like overanalyzing. I don't. I'm getting better at stopping overanalyzing everything yeah. I do, yeah. and coaching myself or being coached on things mm. aren't a problem. Like yeah. one of the challenges I've got with. <clears throat> I love when I go to, when I when I get when I when I go for coaching um, and when I when I sit with my coaches, I'm going with a very specific question and problem that I want to solve, mm -hmm. and I and then for a long time I think 
a lot of coaching ends up sort of uncovering problems that don't exist. And I know a lot of really, really happy people who have never been coached. And I know a lot of people who are being coached who are like really frustrated with where they are. Yeah. And I think, yeah. So like the, what you like, what you just said, it's, it's Easter and I'm off or, or, you know, like I'm, I'm, um, you know, and that's okay. Mm. I don't think I do that. You know, I've got Easter holidays coming up and I know I've got work appointments mixed in with family stuff Mm. and, I'm okay. I'm, I'm just fine. I don't mind it. And I don't, my family doesn't mind it. We know we're not. And I say that I can say that with confidence because we talk about it. You know, we're not, yeah. it's not that it's being brushed under the carpet. It's like everyone knows that that's how it is. And that's what we've agreed to do right now. Um, mm-hmm. we're, we're working on getting from here to here. Part of that is, is working those extra hours. And I'm not, you can give yourself, especially like anyone out there building a business right now, building a business, starting a business, trying to get somewhere from like very deliberately, I'm here and I want to be there. Mm. Anything like that is hard. You've got to put effort in. You've got to, you've got to make sacrifices, a price to pay. And to try to sort of give yourself a hard time for like, for, for not balancing your life perfectly, for not going mm. and doing every area of your life while you're trying to get from A to B. It's just another bit of pressure to add to yourself. It just makes it harder again to, to do it. So Mm. Um, I think I just try and give myself a bit of a break about sometimes I'm working too hard. Sometimes I'm too lazy. Sometimes mm. I go to the gym frequently enough. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes, you know, it's like mm. as long as I'm constant, I just have to keep checking to make sure that um, mm. if I've done too much of one thing, I have to go back and balance it out. And yeah, I think that's what I'm working on most at the moment is mm. just mm. spot and it's balanced over time isn't it it's like you might have yeah. times when you're working really hard and then you know as and when you scale back or you go on holiday or whatever but it's not like you say trying to get everything in balance yeah. all the time it's just it's too much to, to focus on I mean I get my clients now in mission yeah. mastermind to focus on one thing it's like what are we what are we going to do this year and focus on you know whether yes. it be a business or having a baby or growing a business or getting fit or losing weight or whatever it is, but like, let's pick one thing and do it really well, you know, not mm. try and do everything, you know, in balance. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. It was, that was, I don't know. I don't know whether that is a problem suffered more by the coached versus the non-coached or whether everyone worries about that all the time. Cause I'm only, I'm, I can only speak for the coached. But I did feel that, you know, some of the coaching I received put me under more pressure than I needed to put myself under. And it would, I was actually happier and more productive without someone on my back and just trying to figure out what do I have to do today? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I think that comes from clarity of where you want, knowing where you want to go as well. Like most people I talk to, um, well, we talk about this a lot. Like most people, when you when like if they come and, and they're they're challenged by where they are, yeah. Um, nine times out of ten, it's it's they're not they don't know where they want to go. Yeah, like yeah. it's like I, I experience that all the time. It's the biggest thing I coach on is like, what do you want? And it sounds yeah. so simple because everyone knows what they don't want. And they're like, I don't like this. I don't like that. This is shit. This is that. I'm like, okay, great. What do you want? 
like actually getting human beings and you know i have this problem too and we all do actually getting human mm. beings to focus on what they want not what they don't want is mm. it's massive and i and i'd say if anyone's you, you can't know, do anything from this, say again you, i think so you can't do it when when when, when i'm in uh when i when i'm in complaining or when i'm when i'm focusing on what i what i where i am at the moment on, on my frustrations i don't have any any power to move to to something else I'm, all my attention is on where i am at the moment and what i don't like mm. and so you know there's no way to move out of out of frustration and anger and depression and sadness and whatever it is until you've figured out what's next one of my favorite things is like, what's next? Like, so this is, this is how I am now. What does it look like later on today? Like, how do I get from being in a bad, <laughs> oh God, Thermomix. Right. Yeah. We, have to, we have to have a conversation about Thermomix. Because one <laughs> okay, appeared in my kitchen two days ago. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I told you about, you. well, did you, you didn't come actually to Kev's, um, but we had the conversation with Kev about his Thermomix. Yeah. I said, you need a once one. I don't want to get, to get one. Anyway, I yeah. got quite evangelical about why I don't think a Thermomix is a good idea. Anyway, one appeared yeah. in my kitchen on Saturday and I was angry. And so I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, how do I get to the end of the day? What do I get on Sunday? I'm like, how do I, how do I, how do I go from being angry and frustrated that there's a Thermomix? kitchen if you don't if you don't know what it is it's like uh, a mixer that cooks and slices and does cools and makes it kind of sells itself that it does everything yeah it does everything it's, it's some magical thing right and 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 um it turns out that actually like it's anyway i'm not going to get into it because i'll get in trouble <laughs> The idea of it frustrates me. It's like if you want to make some soup and in this machine, the selling points are it, it is it that you, you put the ingredients in and it does a little bit of chopping and it cooks it and it times it and it bings when it's done and it tells you on a little screen when you should put the ingredients in the pan. And I'm like, right, so that's like a recipe book. And they're like, no, because it chops them up. So you you don't just put the ingredients in whole. You have to still chop them up first of all. Yeah, you still have to chop them up first of all. Anyway, so I'm angry about this machine on Sunday. So yeah, I have to go back. What's next is like, if I'm going to get to the end of the day and not upset everyone in the house, then I'm going to have to figure out what 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 I'm going to what next looks like. How am I going to get from there? And I have to sort of play it out. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's like. Living in frustration about where I am, what's not working. I try to I try to spend a few minutes figuring out what does the other side look like, working backwards, yeah. and then have a breath and then get started on it. Um, yeah. yeah, it's not an easy practice, but that's like, practice just is the right word. like it's practice. Yeah, 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 and practice yeah. is the right word, whether it's pissed off about a thermomix or big problem in business because something's not working or mm. whatever it is, that's a brilliant mantra. It's like, okay, what's next? Whereas when people mm. are stuck, they're literally, aren't they? They're stuck in the thing and they're, they're making the thing worse and they're complaining about like to use your thermomix, which is such a brilliant example because anyone listening to this who's going, oh my God, this guy's got like six businesses and he does all this stuff and like they're just listening going, 
I can't connect to that. We'll connect to the Thermomix because we all can connect to that in some way, right? Something happens that pisses us off. But actually, it's so brilliant. You can spend all day. My my one is, you know, huffing and puffing and slamming doors. We've all got our version of how we let the world know that we're pissed off. And mm -hmm. we can either do that and focus on it and get annoyed with it and phone a friend and phone, you know, a family member and complain about it. Or we can actually go, what's next? What a, you mm -hmm. know, what a, what a brilliant practice with people. And that doesn't matter whether it's, you know, something's just gone wrong in our business or a kitchen appliance has turned up that we do not want. It, it doesn't matter. You know, it I is think... stupid. It's a ridiculous device. No one needs one. <laughs> <I don't... laughs> well, maybe Yanina likes it. Ah, uh, let's not get into it. I think, uh, yeah, I think the other thing is like sitting here and say, talking about it like this is, is very easy. Like in the moment, um, in the, and this yeah. like applies in the moment, it's really hard. Like, and yeah, it could be about a thermomix, but it could, it's, it could be just about life. Yeah. Like, you know, we've had chats over the last six months about, you know, maybe there's another place, maybe there's, Maybe we don't want to continue to be in Germany. Maybe we do want to be in Germany. And there's, you know, there's, there's, you've got to have, you've got to put the effort in to have those conversations and about, you know, with yourself, with your wife. It's hard work. None of this is mm. by accident. Mm. Um, mm. Accidents yeah. generally don't lead to, like stuff I'm I'm grateful for, or, or you know that mm. that, that I'm, I appreciate, or I think about uh, enjoying. Like most of the stuff is very deliberate. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And what? So do you have? So when you're you've spoken quite a lot about that, just stopping and thinking things through, which I think is so valuable, and most people don't ever give themselves the time to literally just stop and just think about it with you know, distractions turned off, shut the office door, actually look at the problem and problem solve, like you say you love doing. Mm. Mm. Um, so have you got, like, how do you get yourself to do that when everything's so busy and people have got so many demands on your time? And have you got a thing that you do? Is there a place that you go? What, how do you, how do you do that? I think it's just practice as well. I don't know how good a job I do at it, um, but so so we are we're in some chat groups. Um, I'm in there, but I'm not in there. Like you know that you don't. If you need me, you have to send me a direct message or yeah. an email or phone me. Like yeah. I don't participate in those those things. I don't participate in so, so for the last three years. I don't really participate in any of that stuff mm. and I didn't find it hard to give it up I found it, it was so easy mm. so I, I, I eliminate all, the, all of that noise mm. Mm. Um, and I'm really disciplined with my diary at work so mm -hmm. every every role I have I think is is how I kind of think about it so you know I've got everyone's got different hats so I've got I've got a CEO hat for Incubate. I've got a chairman hat for some of the companies I'm in. I've also got like a salesperson hat for some of the companies. Like there's big projects, big project sales that that we want to do, and I'm like the best person to do the sale selling. So I wear that. Yeah. Um, I'm a dad. Uh, I'm a dad to a, a, an 11 year old boy or a 10 year old, soon to be 11, 
and a six-year-old girl and a three-year-old boy. And I've got a different hats for each of them because they need mm. different things from me. I'm a husband. Mm. So it's like, I, I break, maybe this is too clinical for, for most people, but this is like the only way I know how to do it. I literally mm. have broken down. Okay, what do I do for Max? My, my, my son. What does he need from me? How frequently does he need my time? What when he when he comes home from school? What's my role there, and how much time does it need to be? And so, yeah. that's basically how I think of it. I break it all down, and I work out when, when those times when, when those things have to happen, and I have a mm. diary. And I, mm. it's in my diary. All of those roles, all of those actions are in my diary. I've got, you know, a bro- I'm a brother. I've got. Mm. I diarize every month. A note that pops up in my in my calendar once a month at specific slots as well. Like, like, like mm. I, it's not. I don't. I don't plan it to the to the actual time, but in a certain week, a note comes up. Call your brother. Another note comes up saying, "Call your mum." Another note comes up saying, "Call mm. your sister." And mm. I think. I suppose you get a bit cynical about like how, if you have to plan it all in. Does, do, do you really, you know, is it really that important to you? If you have to remind yourself to all those to do all those things, but how else can you do all of those things without organising it and putting some effort into it? Like mm. if you if, if if you're serious about anything, surely you've got to put effort and energy and time into making sure that you 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 get it done. And so, yeah. how do you know if you're getting it done? Like, how, how would I know if I'm so? I think that's it. It's just the energy and effort that goes into making sure I do all of those things. And, mm. you know, I know that sometimes it means that I'm misset, that we're in a, we're in a, a group that we talk, talk with uh, mm. every week. Sometimes I miss it because I go, well, mm. there's priorities and this one outranks this one and this one outranks this one. And I'm, I'm just okay with saying no mm. when, when, it, mm. when it's a no, when, when, when something outranks it. Mm. I don't know how many people do, do you- that. I think... Do you think you have you practiced saying no or is it something that you've always been able to do? I mean, that's another massive one, right? It's not what we say yes to. It's what we say no to. And I have a lot of clients who struggle to say no and struggle to, you know, it's like that's one. Of, mm. That's just one of the types of people I attract because that's something that I've struggled with in the past. And it's mm. that being straight about it and go, so no, sorry, I'm not going to be there. And being OK with that. Not being like, mm. oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And I wish mm-hmm. I could be there and I just can't and blah, blah, blah. It's just like not going to be there. Mm. Boom. Simple. So mm. would you say that's a natural ability or is it, again, something you've practised? Um, I think it's definitely something I've practised and I think um, I would still be apologetic. So, you know, I used to get coached around this a lot. You should never apologise for, say, for saying no to someone. Well, sometimes it's just polite to say you know to say to say no to to to, to, yeah. to to apologize for not coming to something but i think what what i'm trying to say is i still have too many things in my diary for uh for some people to cope with so most people look at my diary i've got in germany at the moment we have a co-working space here and so some of our tenants are out there um with our newest one bettina came to me the other day and said she wants to to have five minutes with me um and i was hoping to catch you in the day but like there's no opportunity to catch me in the day because my days are back to back and that's yeah most people don't understand 
that 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 uh, that most people think that that's that's kind of what's the word? What most people say to me is, "Chris, you're always so busy. When are you going to have a rest? When are you going to put some time that time aside to do some other things?" This is you've been in this situation for a while now, and you you know you, you're not getting any time to do these things. But I'm like, I'm designing it this way. Like, this is, <laughs> it's like I'm choosing. Like, like, that's right. So I think to say that I'm getting better, I don't know. Maybe I do need to reevaluate. Maybe I need to put some more blocks in for, 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 for some downtime. But for me, I'm saying I'm just every day. I want every day. To, I want to do as much as I can every day. I love. I the weekends for me are frustrating. It's like, you know, it's like I so resonate with that. It's like, yeah. It feels like the world stops sometimes, especially here in Germany, like five o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, nothing's open on Sunday. I'm like, this is, you know, when's Monday morning coming? <laughs> it's like, yeah, they yeah. can get going again, you know? Not yeah. that I don't, not like, not that, like, you know, I, that's why as well. So <clears throat> that's why I do the role thing. Like if you're, if you're like, if you're entrepreneurial people, you know, people who are who are on a mission like you, like me, like people listening to this, um, probably do resonate with like that Sunday, like the world stopped. I've got to stop, I've got to go spend some time with my family. Like the only way I can cope in that role, being a dad and being a family member, is if I plan something. So it's me like, too. like Sunday yeah. is like, yeah, we're going swimming, we're going for a walk, we're going here. I'm making dinner. I'm making like, I've got to plan. Like I, I've got to be the one. I've got to know what I'm doing. Like the idea of waking up and sitting on the sofa and waiting mm. for the day to happen mm. is just not, does not work for me. That would uh, yeah. lead to yeah. another angry Thermomix-like uh, <laughs> moment. <laughs> moment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think it's a paradox of scheduling, isn't it? I come up against this with my clients and they're like, oh, you know, I can't schedule all the time. It's like a prison. And often when I then look at a schedule with them, I'm like, but all you've scheduled in is work. There's nothing in mm. there. Like you haven't even scheduled in lunch or mm. like in my schedule between three and five every day, it's spent picking the kids up, spending time with them, mm -hmm. getting dinner on the table between five and seven. It's eating dinner, clearing up bath time, story yeah. time, bedtime. Like that's in my schedule. It's not mm -hmm. just, it's not work. It's like, and it's fully scheduled all the way through to, you know, nine o'clock. It's like, okay, it's time to, you know, wind down and go to bed. And I think people yeah. misunderstand what we're talking about when we're saying we're mm -hmm. scheduled. And I have the same thing. People are like, can we just have a quick chat? I'm like, yes, in three and a half months on Tuesday at two o'clock while I'm walking the dog. Mm -hmm. Sure, I can have a chat to you then, you know, mm -hmm. and it's, I think. But also planning that time in just like random, like Monday mornings. For me, are uh, uh, open in my calendar for people to call me. Yeah, so people do call and say, "Can we have a chat?" So yeah, I, I schedule things. Yeah, block making. Like, I do allow things like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's scheduled. Like, it's like everything scheduled. You yeah, know, fun Sit, stuff. Sitting down and, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go, going to the gym, whatever mm -hmm. it is. Dog walking is in my schedule. Like the whole, the whole yeah. thing. And I think it's that's where then then and this isn't about again going back to balance. It's not having the same things, you know. Like oh, I must do this. It's like it's just well, there's me. It's accounting for reality. It's accounting mm. for going to bed on time. It's accounting for mm. holidays and like you say, if it's a day off, I still have a schedule. We still mm. stick to. Well, it's, 
it's permission. It's permission to do. It's permission to make sure everything I, I fit everything in, mm. because the amount of people who tell me, or the, the the story people tell themselves is there's not enough hours in the day, or you know I'm not getting all the things done I want to get done, mm. and you know that happens to me a lot as well. But when it does happen, I know that okay, that block of time that I was supposed to do this task here, I can move over there, so I can relax and know that it's going to still get done. I'm not worried yeah. about. I'm not worried about the work I didn't get done now, at at because I've I've moved it, mm. or it's like permission to like Sunday. Make dinner, and that will take me from like two o'clock till seven o'clock like to yeah. dinner and do all whatever it is and then go yeah. and in that time I can sit down and I can really I can do that without yeah. and focus on that and enjoy doing that and not worry that I'm missing out on the project that I've got to prepare for on Monday because I've scheduled the timing for that as well yeah. it's like I do it as well to to try to give myself like permission to do those things um, yeah. and, and what would you say I think what's interesting as well that's coming up for me when you're saying this and we're having this conversation is that when people have a job, they have a boss that tells them what to do and where to be and what time to generally, unless they work for you and you get them to write their own contract and all the rest of it. But, you know, mm -hmm. like standard jobs out there in the world where the boss says, this is where you show up. This is when you show up. This is what you're mm -hmm. doing, all of that world. So I think the interesting thing about scheduling as well, especially for self-employed people listening to this and especially for people starting out when there's kind of there's stuff to do, but there's not, mm. you know, and I'd be, I'd be interested in your take on this. Cause it's like now my business is full and busy and I'm like, okay, how can I outsource that? How can I streamline that? How can I make that more effective? I have to deal with my time. Whereas when I very first started out, it was kind of like, well, what should I do when? <laughs> and there's no clients <laughs> yet. And, you know, just yeah. kind of wandering around going, well, what, what do I do that? You know, you don't have, when you're self-employed, you don't have a boss that says mm. let's do marketing or let's do sales or let's you know show up for work at this time mm. so how do you what would you say to people who are starting out or who are self-employed who aren't scheduling who are a bit kind of i'd say what do you want i'd say what do you want because mm. i think there's nothing wrong with being a, a one-man band freelancer five-man band 20-man band yeah. running your running your life like that but if you do, you will get the results of a business, a life organized like that. Yeah, and that could be really enjoyable. Like that could be that could be really good. Um, as I, I I did that. that. Go back to my coaching when I was bored. You know that was that I had a really flexible life. I could do. I could fit everything in when I needed to fit it in. It was fine. Yeah. Um, one of the things I learned with Incubate is we bought in some corporate people. So people who've worked in corporate jobs, which I, I've never done, you know, I've yeah. never been <laughs> Me an employed. I was like, no, I don't think I would go. I don't think it would work very well for me, but I won't, I didn't really know what that world was like. And we've bought in some really, uh, we've bought in some very senior people from some, some of the biggest, best organizations, you know, in, in, in the world. Like our chairman is, is, the uh, global head of trading for the London Stock Exchange. We made sure that we've got someone in there who's like seen businesses go from this to, 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 to this. And what that's taught me is that 
um, it's quite good to have a boss for for some people in some some roles. So, what do you want? Do you want to build a corporate? Do you want to build a business that's going to scale and grow and be a saleable item? In which case, I think a lot of that structure and discipline and like sort of forced discipline is probably good. Like it's really helped. You know, I was resisting it for a long time while I was by myself because I because I wanted to sort of run the sh- run every single run. I wanted every decision about every single thing to come past me, and that's that does work. For you know, a certain size business and it can be very financially rewarding, very time rewarding. But if you're uh, that, that sort of discipline that corporate really good corporate employees have, mm-hmm. how they run a meeting, how they, yeah, you know, like the difference I noticed like between small business and what we've brought in, mm-hmm. I think comes down mainly to management and organization skills. So mm-hmm. it's the, the difference in the way that the people who've come from the corporate background approach, just like our daily stand-up meetings and our monthly, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, our weekly meetings and the, mm-hmm. how prepared they are when they come to them and the clarity of actions that come out of them is, it's not just a little bit better than most small business meetings that I go to. It's like 10 times better. It's like there's no space in those meetings when they're there for for misunderstanding or tasks to get to get to, to not be clear and mm. yeah i've learned a lot from those bringing those people in um mm. and i think the second thing is that they keep work work and personal personal yeah. so the the which you know you want to have a blend i'm not saying there's no personal relationships there but when we're having a work conversation we have a work conversation and i think a lot of small businesses so when 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 people are starting out they they want to bring too much of their they want to sort of mix it all up too much and they want it mm. they want a happy they want a happy kind of you know kind of kind of easygoing freewheeling sort of business because now mm. they're the boss and it's going to be my way but actually you know that there's the reason these companies are big, the reason they're corporate companies and they're so efficient is because they're well-oiled machines. They, they run like that. So I think I've learned over the last, especially over the last four years, um, if you ask about, yeah, about starting out, I would definitely consider, I would have considered earlier bringing in sort of corporate people, people with lots of management experience and organization experience that I mm. probably turned my nose up at before because I thought mm. it was all sorts of and ties and too formal and you know I didn't I thought I thought we could be a bit sort of more relaxed and yeah it mm. it, it, it didn't work out <laughs> you know it just it, it yeah, was too yeah. it, too noisy it was like yeah mm. I'm not sure what the question was Sorry, right. it's very interesting to hear that. Like, it, well, it's that you know what? How do it was how do people who are starting out bring in structure? How do they do it? So I think that's you know really useful to sort of point out and remind people. Often, I think self-employed people are kind of running away and wanting to be their own boss. Right? It's the classic mm-hmm. like, oh, I didn't like my boss and the way they did it, so I'm going to do it my way and do it differently. And and mm-hmm. what comes out of that is what you just described. It's kind of like relax, we're all friends here. It's all good. But the downside mm-hmm. of that is. You know, it doesn't it doesn't work actually without it's it's the same conversation as getting people mm. to schedule 
versus just going, well, I'll just show up at my desk and figure out the day. It's like, oh, I, like mm. my brain can't cope with that. The amount of junk flying around my space rubbish, I call it, going, oh, God, what's going to happen when and all of that. As soon as I've actually diarized it, I know when it's going to happen. So it's off my space rubbish. I'm not thinking about it anymore. You know, it's, it's mm. there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what do you say to... I don't think we can have this conversation at this point in history where Ukraine is at war, energy prices mm. are, you know, if you listen to the news, the worst thing that's ever happened to us since the 19 God knows what, and all of that. Mm. And I have a, an opinion <laughs> that, mm. you know, it's like, well, this is just the latest thing, that prices always mm. go up and that mm. there's always something going wrong. I mean, even just us talking about you know your history we've talked about the financial crash and about moving and about business partners mm. who have you know emptied the bank and gone off it's like the content of all of that for me it's like the latest content is the war and mm. energy prices and the impact that that's having and there's a whole world of you know emotional stuff for me like i'm finding you know the whole the war thing like mm. really tough the stomach you know to, to kind of be like what really, really mm. on a daily basis like really it's now we're here now and then now this is happening and all of that and mm. then it's impacting you know just getting on a global scale how connected everything is like oh you know i didn't really know anything about ukraine two months mm. ago you said tell me about ukraine i'm like i don't know now i know most of the names of the cities i know where it is on the map geographically i know who its neighbors are i mean on a level that i never expected to know I know that it produces a huge amount of wheat. If you said to me two months ago, where does wheat come from? I go, I don't know, here, there and everywhere. Now it's like, oh, mm -hmm. the Ukraine. And um, so anyway, what, yeah. what's your take on everything that's going on? What impact is it having on businesses? How do you deal with that? Like, how do you deal with it on a mental health, psychological level of like just everything, mm. the human side of it, the business side? Mm. what we can do what we can't I do. think the last the last two two and a half years three years have been mentally taxing like is i put it that's as, that's as friendly yeah. as i can put it really it's covid been, it's been <laughs> it's been awful like um to it's been awful in the sense of seeing how other people have struggled I've struggled yeah. with how other people have struggled. Yeah. I've struggled myself because I didn't think it was coming. I didn't, I could never, I never thought like there's no, I had no, had nothing to sort of, um, I had no previous experience of anything like this ever happening yeah. to, to kind of, to kind of even have a, a picture of what it might be like, you know, like a recession, maybe we had sort of, you know, 2008 thing, I could have dealt with that, but like the, this would be so far out of my, 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 you know, thought process, like everyone, I don't think anyone would have, anyone would have predicted it apart from, you know, the, a few people have written a few books or go onto YouTube and said, we saw it coming, you know, like everyday sure, people. But the majority people, of us just most, have most no of idea. Us, yeah. No, we weren't prepared for it. Yeah. Um, and pre pre COVID, I would almost smirk about sort of the 
um, what do you call those people who prepare for wars and bun- live in bunkers and all that sort of stuff? People. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. and over the last two, two and a half years, I've been like, oh, my, they're all right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I've got to get a shovel and dig, dig a hole in my, in my garden. And, like, and then living where we live, so we live in West Germany, um, oh, about an hour from the border of France, surrounded by U.S. bases. In the last month, those bases have exploded with activity. I'd say every couple of nights, there's a convoy of um, transport aircraft, bombers, like low flying over our house. You can sort of see it's like 10, 20 aircraft flying over, transporting things. Um, That's that's, that happens, you know, frequently Um, just down the road in this direction and just down the road in that direction. So 10K that way, 10K that way. You've got two big bases that are um, this. So last Thursday, they were pretty empty. A week before, they were heaving with with tanks and all sorts there. So it's very real here. You know, we're connected to the same bit of land that the the, the Ukraine is, is, is on. You could drive there in 18 hours. And people are like so from our time, people are going back and forth delivering things. So, so it's quite real. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think we have the yeah. connection in the UK like that. I mean, there are people doing mm. stuff, but you know, actually being near a yeah. base where there's actual full-on military stuff that makes it again let real on an, on another level, mm. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. The fuel prices. We got friends of ours who've literally gone and bought themselves a, a tanks for storing diesel so like a couple of thousand litre tanks mini petrol station they've filled those up taken out you know several several tens of thousands in cash just to just to keep under the mattress or in the in the safe you know like there's people around doing that sort of thing so yeah i don't think i don't think i'm prepared i was prepared but i am over the last couple of years i've been preparing not 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 for this but just because of what you said about <clears throat> I, I'm prepared to take some risks in our business. I'm prepared to keep investing. Um, and again, going back to this thing about said about organizing my life sort of in a more organized corporate way than I ever thought I would in the last few years, mm-hmm. treating our business finances and our personal finances as two separate things. Yeah, I've kind of always known that, and I've kind of always thought about it. But it's been difficult when you're a, when you are the income, when you're the person in the business who makes the money, the coach, the consultant, the freelancer, yeah. the designer, whatever it is. You're kind of and your business finances and your personal finances should be separate, but they're yeah. kind of not. You know, they're the same thing. You know, if you get a big contract in, you go and celebrate, and you buy. You know, mm. and that's really poor practice, mm. and so. You know, I get, I pay, a, pay myself, you know, a salary. It's the same. It doesn't matter what the business is doing. I'm clear about what, when, you know, we are cash flowed up, like projected out. We know for at least nine months in advance yeah. exactly where we're going to be and how mm. we're going to afford to pay all of the salaries in the business. And I know it's not going to change. So it's, I've kind of disconnected this, the ups and downs of making the next sale in work or making the next yeah. contract in work and rewarding myself with that. That dis there's a disconnect now because it's just like I got yeah. a job 
to do at work. Yeah. And, I, and that's, so I guess what I'm saying is like this whole Ukrainian thing, that's like, and the way I'm coping with it is knowing that I've prepared and, and I've got, I've, I've given myself a window of, um, of time and the things I used to be worried about when things like when COVID happened, when, when anything like this would have happened before, I don't have to worry about so much because I've sort of organized my life to be sort of a little bit more protected from the ups yeah. and downs of what might be going on out there. Um, and how do you how do you deal with it within the business? So that's really um, I think that's really powerful to say that actually. And I would say I'm probably getting to that point because I've been the same journey, right? There's a there's a level to which you know property income's fairly stable, although you know that was wiped out with the tax changes that we've all had the last few years, mm. and I've had to put anything into a limited company. So it was kind of like it wasn't a recession, but that was like oh you thought you had that income now actually for several years you don't, and it's going to take several years to recover mm. and basically get back to where I was before. Um, mm. So that was kind of stable. Then it wasn't. And I know it will be again. And same with the coaching mm. practice and, you know, um, everything that I've done. And it's really interesting. Only a couple of weeks ago when we were on our group call and, you know, you were going like, well, what do you want? Where are you getting to? And I'm, I was it was really you know, the way you ask questions is so brilliant. So I was like, I don't know. I never kind of expected. I know I've been working towards being this successful. I know I've been writing the book for years that's coming out this year. I know I've written the coaching programs and I, you know, I keep taking actions, but there's a level to which I kind of don't believe it's really going to happen. And then it sort of is. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Now it's happening. Now what do I do? And it's almost like, I don't know whether it's because of going through the recession in 2008 and then the tax changes in the mm. property business. And, you know, like you said, you had a coaching business, but actually it's one of the mm. things that goes when clients are, are cutting back, mm. but it's, so it's a brilliant place to get to, to disconnect it. And I, you know, I encourage my clients to keep it separate, but there's like, it's a psychological thing. Even if you've got separate bank accounts, like you say, there's this psychological thing of, Oh, I've done well in the business. So yay in the personal finances. So mm. outside of that separation, or I've got a bank's back loan. I've got a bank's back loan. I can go, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <I> <laughs> but how do you, don't get me, do don't you... get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Right. So, sure. so it, I still have to work very hard to make what I said. Yeah. Well, that was my, that's my question. Every really. day. It's like, yes. how do you make so, that when you're when you've then got business hat on and CEO hat, how do you deal with? So although you've separated it so personally now, there's this kind of like stability mm. and you, it's like you get this much a month in your salary. How do you yeah. deal with the what I would call a continuing shit show of stuff happening in the world mm. that now, whereas maybe 50 years ago, it wouldn't impact us in the same way, like anything that happens now in another country becomes a global problem because of how connected yeah. we all are. How mm. do you deal with that as a business owner? And what would you say to people to prepare for effectively? Look, there's the next thing coming. It was COVID. We've had a recession. Mm. There's a tax change. You know, now it's the Ukraine war. Energy prices are going up. So we're going to go into some kind of recession, interest, blah, blah, blah. How do you deal with that? on an ongoing basis and still get up and fight another day? I think like everybody, I'm not going to pretend that it's like every, everything is easy because mm. it's really, really not easy. It's really hard. Um, 
but I guess I'm okay with it being hard. Like I know that I know that I've kind of chosen this path. Yeah. And the alternative is go and get a consulting job in the city or retire, like as a business coach, go and do three days a week non-exec work or coaching work. Like I've, when I paint the picture of what else I could be doing and what yeah. other problems I would be solved, dealing with, I don't like what that looks like. I don't, I think this is like, actually I always come back to, well, this is the problem you've chosen to, this is the battle you've chosen to, to take. These are the problems you've chosen to deal with. Mm. And so flip it around and what's next? And then I pull myself back together, you know, sit with your Nina, have a mo, have a, have, have a, have an argument about a Thermomix. Um, <laughs> Become friends again, sit down, chat it through, re-look re at right, where are we heading again? Remind ourselves of that, remind myself of that. Mm. Remind myself, right, what is the problem that I've got at the moment? Do I, would I change, the, could I get rid of that problem if I wanted to? How would I get rid of it? It's like just constant, every day. You know, it's like, you know, you've seen that meme on, um, on, on, on the internet with like the average day in the life of an entrepreneur. It's like, uh, I'm going to rule the world. Oh my God, I'm going bust. And it's like you know, different emotions throughout the day. Like, like you know, like uh, we're going to 10x the business. I'm going to sell everything tomorrow. Like, and it's like that yeah. most, most people I know who are building something entrepreneurial um, go through that sort of emotional cycle several times a day. It's like, yeah. I do. I think how do I don't know. There's, uh, there's no... You, you can't, the only way I know is like I've chosen this path and you build resilience to that and kind of realize I'm doing it again. I'm, I'm, I'm back where I started three hours ago, reset, take a break, have a drink. Let's go again. Yeah. Um, mm. I think I just, yeah. What would I do without doing that? That's, to, I think I always end up back in that place. The alternative is going and working for some corporate company I'm, can I imagine, right, so Monday morning next week, I give this all up, I get a job in KPMG in the city, and I have to fly to London or get on a Zoom call for the next four hours or whatever, you know, whatever it is, like yeah. whatever I end up doing. Does that appeal to me more than this? And I never, to date, to date I've, the answer has always been no, this is, I'll stay, I'll stay where I am, thank you very much. So mm. I think that, that's it. I don't mm. think there's a, yeah. There, there, I, guess there are, I guess I'm, I'm yeah, hearing acceptance on. in your voice of what is. It's like, this is, it's like accepting the way it is and then dealing with it rather than fighting against the way it is. Yeah. And also just realizing that what, like life is hard. Life is yeah. like we are, the, the, why does it have to be easy? Like who, to, like the idea that, that it's supposed to be roses every day and that I, I don't know where that comes from. I don't understand. Like there's, I, I think it probably comes from like the self-help coaching industry somewhere that there's this perfect picture of a life that you can have that, that, that is roses every day and you wake up jumping out of bed and, you know, singing a, singing a song to the, to, 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 to the birds in the garden or like, it's like, 
Re, re, does that really? Is that really? I, do you really know anyone like that? Really? Who, who, nope. who lives like that every day? <laughs> Only so, on the posts in the marketing thing where you know someone spraying yeah. perfume and then you know magic. Yeah, happens. exactly. It's a marketing thing, just, isn't it? It's a it's marketing. A yes, exactly. It's yeah. a sales and marketing. Buy this, this like, and life will be brilliant. Right. Yeah. Mm. And I think that's a dangerous goal to chase. And that's why yeah. I think that's probably how I deal with it. I gave up on trying to make my life perfect and it be like, that's another reason why being off social media and all of that sort of stuff is really, really good. Cause you don't get to see this image of what, uh, you know, this sort of filtered image of the world. Um, yeah. You yeah. get to see your life every day and, you know, this morning is, uh, at two o'clock this morning, I'm getting all my well, I say all my kids, Matilda and Mateo are in bed with Yanina, pushing me and kicking me, and and like it's nice. It's like you know, there's no. If I'd lived in a, if if I had spent time reading a, that that evening watching a video about you know kids must be in their like like perfect parenting. <laughs> that moment last night could have been ruined, if that makes sense. Mm. Like, mm. I'm sure there are rules about this, but like sometimes it's better for me just to kind of focus on what's in front of me. And that was my kids in bed. And that was nice. And so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I think yeah. it's, it's, yeah, it's like less, less of that, less of focusing on what, what other people think perfect looks like or what, where I should be going and just, more time actually just doing it and mm. yeah mm. yeah it's interesting i think i remember doing tony robbins uh unleash the power within years and years ago to, i i don't know i can't remember how old i was now maybe 26 i was gonna say yeah like 2000 you think you did it like i remember you going i've done it twice so i did it in, yeah yeah okay. I, it was you know early 20s and i remember yeah. then and the, the kind of thing in 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 personal development back then was like turn off your damn tv that that it, like mm -hmm. it was you know across the board it was like stop watching tv turn it off it's you know there was all mm -hmm. the you know I, I still remember the thing say it's like do a dream board put it in front of your tv and if you want to watch tv you've got to move your dreams out the way and you know all of that kind of stuff and like tv stands for total vegetable and blah 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 <laughs> and it's so interesting how I think the thing for me around social media, because everything you just said, it's like you, you're comparing, like if you're having a bad day with everyone's perfect day, which isn't really their perfect day. Mm. It's just what they want everyone to think and all of that world. It's mm. almost like for me, social media kind of replaced TV in that sense mm. of, mm. you know, I, I watch TV very specifically, you know, I've just watched, mm. yes, everyone, I've just binge watched Bridgerton and I kind of hated that I loved it, but I did it and it was intentional. I didn't, I don't just, mm -hmm. you know, finish the day yeah, not, nothing wrong with with social media even and, and yes uh, when it's like it's not yeah. it's not there's nothing wrong with it but it's just that whole being conscious around it i think rather than mm. just sitting there watching tv or just sitting there scrolling and not really getting you know the the thing that's happening um mm. but yeah that mm. that's yeah just getting that life mm. is hard i think is really powerful you know mm. so i and i think it's really nice to hear people say that Rather than going, mm. you know, no money, no mortgage, no problem, financially free in <sighs> six months, you'll be a millionaire tomorrow, business is easy, mm. just do this, like, fuck off. 
Like, mm. where and when did that ever happen? Like, as yet, I've not met anyone who's done that. I've never met anyone who's gone, well, yeah, it was really easy. I think, I think it's also, it's also, it depends on what your, what your, what your metric is for happiness or success yeah. or fulfillment or whatever it is. So, yeah. Could I make more money? Like, like all those people are probably right. You know, the way I make yeah. money right now could be more efficient. I could probably mm. make more money than I'm making right now. And someone probably Me does too. know something. Yeah. There is probably some Bitcoin crypto hack that I don't know about that I could use to make a million pounds in, in, a, in an hour next week. But yeah. that doesn't, it's like, and that's an attractive dream for a lot of people to go and chase. But the, like, the point of it is, like, if I'm, I, I think I've realized that none of those, I'm not motivated to implement that that stuff. So, because I know that because because I'm because my metric for for being happy is to do for just what the incubate thing. I wanted to give myself endless problems to solve. I'm really happy solving those problems, even though I might yeah. get frustrated by it. Even though it's hard. Even though I keep circling back. But like I said, it's like up and down every day. At mm. the end of the day, these are the problems I really like solving. So, yeah. Even if I do watch a video that says I make a, 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 I can make a million pounds in a week, I'm probably I'm never going to implement all the stuff that that person teaches me. It's never going to work for me. So, mm. yeah, the idea of of chasing all those, yeah, mm. a, I suppose what they quick mm. solve your problems in an hour type 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 strategies is just. Don't know why we're so attracted to it. I don't know why we haven't learned a lesson. I don't think we ever will. Like it's just yeah. in our nature to 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 be to, to see Ooh. those things and appealing. Yeah, it's like yeah. shiny shiny, yeah. shiny things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It'll be different yeah. over there. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. Yeah. So what I'm hearing, main takeaways are know what you want, which I can't second enough. It's like, you know, know what you want, ask what's next. And the, I like that as well. It's like, what's your happiness metric? Because even that is so personal, isn't it, to all of us? It's like, mm-hmm. what is your happiness? And, and it changes too, right? Like my happiness metric was, well, if I can walk my dog at any point in the day just because I can, that was it. Whereas now it's like, it's not that. It's to do with mm-hmm. you know my business and how my kids are and all of that. So hmm. any final thoughts for anyone who is... I'm going to say not not just starting a business, but anyone who's just dealing with a shit show. Final words of wisdom for anyone listening that's really struggling right now. That's just like, oh, my God, X, Y, Z is happening. And I don't feel like getting back up again. Other than what you've already said. Um, Have a walk, have a rest, have a sleep, have a beer, a glass of wine. Go and do something else and then come back to it in a couple of days. I mm. think just uh, yeah. detaching yourself from it might feel it's like my most frustrating points have been when I've sort of sat with a problem for so long, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger because I'm focusing on it. I feel like mm. it's getting overwhelming. And when I'm forced to have it, when I, when I, when I, when I literally like will fall over because I'm too tired or I'm forced to go do something else, the kids come in or it doesn't happen so very frequently these days. But I'm thinking back to like times in the past where you know if something happens, I'm going to go somewhere. 
come back to the problem and either it doesn't exist, like it's completely different, it's gone away, or I've solved it somehow while I was doing something else. So yeah, just mm. give yourself a break, go and do something else and mm. you'll come back and it'll, you'll find a way. You'll always find a way. There's always yeah. a way. Mm. I love your, I love the simplicity. It's not easy what you're asking people to do. And it is really simple. And I think people miss that actually drink plenty of water, get fresh air, get some exercise, eat right. It's like so simple. It's not easy. And we forget yeah. it. And it's just, it, you know, I really, I really acknowledge you for sharing that and just being straight about it. You know, you don't, and I think that's one of the things I've always loved about the questions you ask when, you know, we're on our group calls or just when we're in conversation is it's never complicated with you. It's like, it's it's simple and again I'll, you know I'll reiterate, it's not easy but it, it actually the mm. thing I think we sort of all are looking for this magic answer or the silver bullet or whatever and actually we come back to basics and then the answers are there if we just sit down and spend some time with it so mm. thank you for yeah thank you for sharing your story and where you've been and you know what it's taken to get where you are and actually sharing the honesty and about it's really fucking hard sometimes you know rather than the the glitzy glamour side of it. I think that's the thing that's occurring on this podcast is that, you know, it's about when people follow what they're passionate about and yours is solving problems and then go to work on creating problems so you can solve them or, you know, going out to find them. It's like the theme is there is the happiness comes from doing what we want, figuring it out. And like you say, looking at what's next. So thanks for sharing your, your journey and your thoughts on, on business and, everything that you've done so far really thanks cool. for having me i don't uh i, I don't uh, intend to do many podcasts or chat to many people like this uh it does well, yes i so i do feel honored <laughs> as well because i know that you are like the guy behind the scenes you sort of make a lot of shit happen but no one really knows who you are in that sense so i you know i thank you for taking the time out of actually what you know is a bloody busy schedule and all the rest of it so that people can hear always do it for you um yeah so love all the th oh you keep breaking up love all the, the show are you are we still on You've yeah frozen. we're still there yeah okay you've frozen my screen um no level level the, the what, what, what you're doing and um i'm looking forward to seeing the next group, group come through, come through. Mm. um yeah it's been fun yeah. yeah it's exciting times even when everything's all over the place there's always stuff to do, isn't there? So, all right. Thanks, Chris. I, I don't know whether you want people to find you because I have it that you don't and you're not looking for business, but if people do want to look you up or have kind of heard you talking and, you know, do want to run something by you or have a business that they'd like to line up as the next incubate, what's the best way for people to find you if you'd like them to? Um, you can look us up on LinkedIn. Um, I, my LinkedIn profile is there to be contacted. That's the best way, I yeah. suppose. And we'll put the links, you know, if that's all right with you, we'll put the links in the YouTube channel, you know, in the in the bios and stuff so that people can find yeah. if they want. Yeah. You never know. Uh, so you I don't want to not, I don't want to not say that bit and so that people <laughs> can't find you if they're like, God, I want to work with this guy. I've got this XYZ idea. So um, yeah. feel free to send a message. We are, we're all, I'm always open. I never, you know, like I said, if you've, if you've got a good, if you've got an interesting problem to solve, I will not be able to say no. So. <laughs> there you go folks that's how you get to chris gibbons you you tell him what your problem is and then you'll get him hooked so don't go to him with a 
oh, I've got this amazing business idea and it's all going to be easy. Go to him with a, I've got this idea, but I've got this really big, juicy problem to solve. And I will probably get a response. <laughs> amazing. All right. I think Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Chris. Speak to you soon. See you soon. Cheers. We're just going to end up now. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with friends. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast. And more importantly, join me on my Telegram group to stay connected, give me feedback in real time and be in the conversation. Big love and see you next time.